Hi, everybody. Just a heads up about this episode. We recorded it in two parts. The first part, you'll be hearing a conversation about Serial Experiments Lane with myself, Carl, and my friend Tevis, who was our guest on the show for today. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have enough time to discuss the show with Tevis, and we had to stop short and then reconvene a day later. And in the second um, segment, we were unable to bring Tevis along because he had something else to do. But Carl and I finished up our discussion, and uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. So, so here's our review of Serial Experiments Lane. Present day. <laughs> Present time. <laughs> And you don't seem to understand A shame you seemed an honest man And all the fears you hold so dear Will turn to whisper in your ear And you know what they say I hurt you And you know that it means so much And you don't even And we're recording. Welcome to another episode of Animation Panic. Uh, I'm your host, and also I'm, I'm joined by other co-hosts as well. I shouldn't sort of take all the credit, but yeah, I am your host, the the Koku Genius, and I am your host, the Fotaku. And today we're joined by a good friend of mine. Uh, won't you enjoy yourself? Or what am I saying? Why don't you Why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> I'm Tavis Westgate. I'm just a random dude who apparently is talking about anime for a while. Wait, so, <laughs> so let's do this. What's your deal, Tevis? Why are you here, um, and why are you talking about anime today? I'm in New York City because my sister is about to get married. Very uh, nice. Congratulations. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, it's good. They've been together for ten years. They have a house, and they've raised a couple kids. So why not hey. fucking actually do the thing? Great. Um, talking about anime because anime is sick and <laughs> Kwame is one of my best friends and that's how we bonded over that's right. probably about a decade. Yeah, we went to a lot of conventions together. I think uh, the first one probably was Anime Expo 2005, maybe uh, 2004. 2000, I want to say 2004. Yeah, I my yeah. first one was 2003. Yeah, so it was 2004. Yeah, wow. And yeah. That Back when Glomme signs were appropriate and not destroyed <laughs> by the man. And we were going almost every year to, until like 2000. Well, when I started working there in like 2011 and 10, and then uh, that was to, it. Yeah, I went me. 2000. Uh, it was 2003 because I went to 2013. I got 10 years in a row. Wow! Congratulations, man. Yeah. Wow, that's and incredible. <laughs> incredibly nerdy. Yes. So, so you love anime. That's true. That's that. That as much as obvious, but. But what do you like to watch? What are you into? I love a lot of uh, 90s anime, Evangelion, Ghost in the Shell, mm-hmm. Elaine, obviously, which is what we're going to talk about today. Right. Um, just a lot of, like, cyberpunk. Just if you can go as weird and philosophical as possible, that's that's my bag. And that was definitely the milieu that Lane came out of in that period of time. So there's not a lot of stuff that's been out, that's come out since then that's kind of like that. But right on, right on. No, definitely, like... What I liked about anime kind of died along with, like, the Western economy. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they were related, but they, they, time-wise, they seem to happen together. 
And uh, are you watching anything lately? I haven't. I've been just living life, but I've rewatched Lane for the first right. time since high school, and goddamn, it's so good. Yeah, it is great. It is good, and I, I have some, I have feelings about it that I think we will air later on. But uh, before we get to that, uh, not you go? Let's go around the horn. Carl, have you been watching anime lately besides Lane or anything else? No, I've been watching a lot of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, where are you in Deep Space Nine? Uh, I think I'm in season four. I mean, I, this is also... I've lost track of how many times I've watched Deep Space Nine. So I'm, How is that possible? Yeah. You've lost... So, like, how many times is that? I mean, the whole thing? The whole thing, can, yeah. Wow. I've watched, like, what? There's, like, seven or eight seasons. There, um, are, there are seven. I've watched it over and over and over. Uh, I would say this is probably my sixth or seventh time watching Deep Space Nine the whole way through again. So, what's your what's your take on the Cardassians? Were they tr- truly evil, or were they victims all along? Or oh, no, the Cardassians are evil. Okay, uh, they're uh, they're very interesting characters. I um, Goldukat and Garrick are two of my favorite are definitely two of my favorite characters on the show. Yeah, I think Garrick was one of my favorites as well. Yeah. Um, oh no, but they're they're bad they're bad boys. They're yeah, but I think the Dominion really did play to their weaknesses and take advantage of them. Oh, totally. Yeah, they're arrogant. They're like the I mean, they're like the Klingons, but without the sense of honor to back it up. They're right, like right. you know they don't have the same like. Tevis has no idea what we're talking about. No, I, I'm, <laughs> it's it's I'm Star gathering. Trek. It's an alien race and not an Armenian family. That's true. That is absolutely the case. And I think the, uh, the Armenian family definitely came first. Um, but uh, the, 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 I think the, the name was probably popularized by the aliens. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, I've definitely seen lots of keeping up with the Cardassians jokes in the, uh, you know, multiple Star Trek fan groups that I follow. Right on, right on. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll go. Uh, I've just finished uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders, which was great. Um, that was about, God, it was so many episodes. It was like 40-something episodes, 45. I was basically watching them with one eye on them and the other eye, like, on the on a different screen, like, just scrolling through the internet because it's just, like, it's a show that's, you know, fun to watch, fun to look at, but you literally don't even need to, like, read the subtitles or really know what the details are. You can actually basically everything you need to know about the show is happening um, through the sound effects and just sort of the imagery. And the characters are very expressive. A lot of the words are in English. Um, and what's great about it is that it's a beloved shonen anime classic from a long time ago that a lot of Americans don't know much about, apart from an OVA that came out in the 90s. And this is a first chance that I've had to really figure out what the hell it is, what it's all about. And the Stardust Crusaders arc is actually a pretty good chance to to learn about um, Jotaro, um, Joestar, and Dio, and what the rivalries are, and and learn like how the show paces itself because basically every single episode is the same. Joestar and Jotaro meet a guy with a spiritual um, thing called a stand, which is something he uses to fight, and they fight the guy, they defeat him, they find out the trick or the twist behind the stand. And it's comedic, it's ridiculous, and there's lots of um, <laughs> uh, moments where Joe Star just screams words in English. Uh, it's great. But anyways, and it's very fan- fantastical, and it's like all takes place in Egypt. Anyways, okay. uh, great show. Um, big, buff, muscular guys. Uh, they basically look like characters from Fist of the North Star. I mean, it's the same okay, illustrator. It's the same. Imagine Fist of the North Star. 
but okay. more comedic, uh, modern day. Uh, that's it. But anyways, um, apart from that, I have been watching. I watched the first episode of The Lost Village, which is an anime that's ending already, and it's like a so bad it's good um, comedy that it's quite bizarre. It's about a bunch of people that want to leave their life behind, and they all get on a bus together to go to this village, uh, and it's kind of like a collective suicide pack kind of thing, um, But and it's also leaning heavy on horror tropes. I haven't figured out what's so bad it's good about it yet. It's just seemed really bad. Um, I guess I'll watch more later. I, but uh, at the risk of being long-winded, I guess I'll put it there. Cool. Let, let's uh, get started with Lane. How about that? Uh, yeah. Sounds good. So who wants to do the plot summary? Oh, but, but before we do that, though, we'll just, just basic background. Uh, so Serial Experiments Lane uh, originally aired in Japan in, is it 1998. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, 1998. Um, and it was directed by... Uh, let's see, let me get my notes here. It was directed by Ryotaro Nakamura, who also directed Kino's Journey, um, or Kino no, Kino no Tabi, um, and a number of other things. And Kino no Tabi is a great show. It's a lot like Lane. It's episodic, where this, these two characters sort of learn about their universe by like going and having little adventures and learning a little bit more as time goes on, just like Lane. And um, the illustrations were done by Yoshitoshi Abe, who's known for shows like High Bunny Renmei. Have you, have any of you guys heard of that or seen that? No. Um, and Texanalyzed. Does that sound familiar? It sounds vaguely familiar. But yeah, it's a lot like Lane. It's about a guy with like a robotic arm, and it's paced exactly the same way. So it uh, has like almost no dialogue? Basically, yeah. And uh, he also did the illustrations for All You Need Is Kill, a.k.a. Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise uh, movie adaptation, <laughs> that the, the source material that that adaptation was based on. Um, and a funny story, uh, Yoshitoshi Abe had an art book that was released in the United States um, a while ago, and uh, it was published by a company I used to work for. And, um, shocker, it didn't sell very well. Um, and when I was working at this publisher... Uh, we would go into the stock room and there would be just piles and piles and piles of these heavy, huge hardcover books uh, of Lane art books, like art books like detailing all, and, like all like the, the beautiful computer graphics, like the hand-drawn animation, uh, cells, and little plot details and tidbits about this, this, and that. Just completely just like sort of rotting and decomposing in this... Uh, well, well, can I, can I get one? Yeah, they they have since gone up highly in price. Like when I was there, they we were throwing them away for like a dollar at a time, and Damn. these things were so like they were really expensive looking, and we had so many of them because most of them were coming in returns <laughs> that they were stacked on top of each other, Wait, and the and the the weight from the books on the top were causing the ones in the bottom to sort of like to, to like melt and decompress. It was just wow. It was ridiculous. Was this the Yahweh? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't see a lot of crossover in fan base. It was it was not that the the people that read the other books didn't read it. It was literally that like they shipped these things to borders and borders closed and oh, wow. <laughs> they, they, so, they got all you, the Amazon. returns and they got all these returns. But I think if you go to Amazon now, you'll find it for about seventy bucks. Um, so that's uh, the art and the show. Uh, let me kick it off to you, Carl. 
Uh, yeah, basic well, basic plot summary. Sure. Okay. Basic plot summary is uh, so it's this uh, Lane is what fourteen years old. She's in middle school. Um, yeah, she's in middle school. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen year old girl, uh, and uh, the series kicks off with one of her uh, with a classmate of hers committing suicide. And and then all of her classmates a week later are all freaking out because they've started getting emails from her from beyond. Yeah. Um, and from there, Lane, uh, who has never really bothered, has never really given too much of an interest with computers, gets her for, gets asks her dad for a nice new computer and a nice new Navi, quote unquote. So she can check to see if this person has sent her email as well. Right. Yeah. So she can start, you, you know, get in and start using email um, and. Uh, start communicating on the web and uh it just gets weirder from there she starts uh to slowly realize that there is an alternate that there's an alternate version of her that lives on the internet and she keeps getting and as she sort of starts getting more and more wrapped up in this world uh her computer setup gets bigger and bigger and bigger until the point where literally her whole room is just dominated with computer screens and crazy huge coolant tanks and like a just a giant rack of hard drives and shit and uh uh eventually it starts to come out that she that uh she is a character of some significance in the culture of uh, in the culture, in the world of the internet, the culture of the internet, which is called the Wired, the Wired, uh, right? By the way, uh, yeah, not like the magazine, but <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, there is also she starts to uh, become aware of an elite group of hackers called the Knights, who it is towards the end of the series are implied are uh, the. Uh, 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 the cyberpunk versions of the Knights Templar. <laughs> yeah, which they like talked about for five seconds, maybe. They yeah, they just. just like, yeah, no, they're the Knights Templar. N- moving on. Yeah, and then never yeah. again mention that. There's like, a brief arc. mention of the yeah that these people are related to the Knights Templar. Um, but more or less, uh, what starts to happen is that she becomes aware that there is an entity living in the wire that exists in the wire that is. That is God. God lives on. God lives in the internet. Um, and and this God um, tells Lane that. And I guess this, we're just going to spoil this whole thing. And like, yeah, we've, since we've already it, it, done most of that, look, but, it's twenty years on. Almost. Okay, like, yeah, definitely. I think we can we can halt on the spoiler alert. So the the God uh, in the Wired is. I think we're supposed to not think of him as you know the real God, and he, he's always telling the the telling Lane that, you know, I'm not actually the God in, in religion. I am God in the sense that of what I can do. I'm like everywhere on the wired. I can be anyone I want to be on the wired. Right. But he also, there's also a line about, I am a God in the sense that people think I'm a God and people. Yeah. Worship yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. He, that, that much is true too. Cause that's what he's really after. I think he's looking for worshipers mm-hmm. and it seems like he's really miffed when all the knights commit suicide or are killed by the the shadowy pharmaceutical company or computer well, I mean, company that, <laughs> that would be upsetting yeah i mean if you're a, a like a, a wannabe deity and then like your followers are all killed by a shadow organization i mean, I mean who like, wants their I fan would, base decimated yeah that's no, just like you know i'd be upset if i were a 
internet god. But he doesn't seem that worried because I think his his gospel or his teaching fundamentally and what he's trying to communicate to Lane is that bodies don't matter mm-hmm. and that people should just you know, you know become energy and live in the wired and that's right. The wired exists as the the wired exists as a network. Uh, uh, that it, uh, uh, it's it's like the mobile web basically, except that it also li- except that it's like a supernatural version of the mobile web, and it like lives in you can. Uh, uh, what Lane realizes and what people start realizing is that you don't even is that you can you don't need devices to connect to it, and uh, basically you can connect with it directly. You can just be tapped into it entirely just through your brain, which is I think poorly explained yeah well they have like one episode where they go into it where they're like john Lilly was awesome he talked to where or dolphins there was this bush guy he had some awesome ideas about microfilm and they're like it could be hypertext in the future and then like he had a student who was super awesome and then like there's something about the way like waves move around the earth and then like when right. people become synapses, then, like, the Internet's manifest in the real world, and then, like, it just moves on. Like, it, was really, like, it really does move on. 15 minutes of, like, the entire series. Well, that, I mean, and I do want to come back to that because that stuff that they, the, um, when they talk about Ted Nelson and, uh, and Project Xanadu and Vannevar Bush and the Memex, that's, Vannevar like, Bush, that's, good. Uh, that's, I definitely do want to come back and talk to that later. No, no, let's talk about it now. Why not? Oh, yeah, okay. let's do it. Yeah. Well, um, uh, that's one of the things that really attracts me to the show, and one of the reasons that I'm really happy to rewatch it now. Uh, in you know what is it? Twenty something oh, years. It's on. been a while since I've seen it too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and I also was aware of it when it was uh, uh, when I was younger, when I was like getting into anime. Uh, my sister had like a couple copies of v- uh, a couple copies of VHS tapes of it, so I think we only had like episodes three and four or something like that. Um, but I've come back to it since uh, working in technology and since studying new media and learning about these characters. Like, you know, we read Vannevar Bush and we read Ted Nelson in class, and I and so like seeing a show that. Uh, 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 seeing a show that referen- you know, made specific reference to these uh, uh, to these figures, uh, and then sort of uh, ext- and then sort of extrapolates based on that is really attractive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you have a computer science background. Is is that uh, digital makes- media? New media is more accurate. I di- I never studied like hard computer science. Okay. Um, but um, so these so these people would come up in a. A media studies class. Yeah, these okay. pe- these are definitely people. I mean, Vannevar Bush, as they talk about in the episode, Vannevar Bush in 1947 came up with this concept for a device called the Memex, which was essentially the fir- the very first uh, uh, instance of the idea of a home computer. Uh, it was envisioned as being this device the size of a desk that had a screen and a keyboard and uh, memory. Uh, 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 data stored in memory that could be recalled instantly. Um, he, in in his concept, he was imagining the, envisioning this being all on microfilm. Uh, but it's the origin of the whole. It's the that's the very first instance of the idea of a home computer. Yeah, it's interesting because they talk about in the show by saying that the wired has its origins in 
uh, telephones, um, all sorts of long-range communications. It's not ju- and it's in- inclusive of the internet, so it's not just the internet. Right. It's everything. And in addition to that, it's it's related to just sort of how electronics are able to sort of communicate to each other through le- electricity or something like that. So it's dealing something deeply, more deeply than just sort of the ability to computers to connect to one another like what the Internet is. Right, which is something that people were theorizing about in 1998, but it wasn't a reality yet, right? Like we didn't have the iPhone yet. We had, um, you know, I think 1998 you sort of had some of the first... PDAs, like you had thing, you were starting to see things like Palm Pilots and Blackberries. That was like a phone that could also send email. Mm-hmm. You know, you st- that you were starting to see that kind of thing. But uh, the uh, the tipping point really was, you know, was what another. Uh, uh, when did the iPhone come out? Two thousand six, two thousand seven, something like that. A little earlier. Uh, oh um, man, I don't know. Uh, y- I got mine last year. Yeah, <laughs> but um. This was these ideas of sort of this uh, 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 these ideas about this uh, that this was on the way this coming uh, this oncoming uh, merging of multiple forms of communication technology into one overarching form of communication technology. Uh, there was a lot of thought going into this at the time, um, and it's intra and so uh, that's sort of the. Uh, intellectual environment that's uh, intellectual discussion that's happening at the time that Lane comes out so now that a lot of those things have come to fruition and the events that, that, that people were thinking about have come to pass and we've and we're starting to see how that's all played out it's really interesting to, to look at some of the ways that Lane got things really wrong mm-hmm. and some of the things that, that, that some of the ideas that pop up in Lane that are still uh, uh, that are still being talked about uh, particularly with respect to this idea of spirituality in cyberspace, there's actually a decent, there's a fair amount of dialogue happening in. Um, You're talking about transhumanism. Y- yeah, it's it's yeah. This is definitely related to transhumanism, okay. but specifically, uh, uh, I don't know if there is a term for it, but I guess you could well, call the, it like cyberhumanism. Well, the or idea that human beings um, in in our next stage of evolution will rely on technologies to augment our bodies, either physically or, or, or mentally, to sort of tr- to transcend our current form and become the next hyper-intelligent, sort of hyper-capable version of ourselves. Sure, that's similar, but um, this specifically with uh, dealing with uh, how uh, uh, the internet and wireless communication technology is affecting notions of spirituality. And I, I do view that as a, a spiritual claim true i just said i think um and i often i do view the um singularity types as religious um groups i, oh, I do totally. I, I do and yeah. i think that many of them don't there's, dispute that yeah there's a there's a bit of a uh, uh there's a bit of like a uh like a Heaven's Gate kind of vibe sometimes. Right. What were you going to say, Tavis? Well, I was going to say it reminds me of like the early kind of ideas of transhumanism that came out like at the birth of the internet. But, like, you know, like overlap with like the early rave culture and the idea of like, hey, we're all connected. We're going to like, we're going to come to a new like unity where it wasn't actually about the like physical singularity that we're talking about like nowadays where we're actually going to become like quote unquote like hive mind but it was more about like Terrence McKenna's idea of like 
we're all going to be able to convey ideas so rapidly that the ideas are going to expound upon themselves so, so like, I guess rapidly, sorry, um, that it's going to reach a point of infinite return. And I think it's interesting how cyberpunk, especially like in that era before we got to where we are technologically now, that it comes up with ideas and it's not quite Marshall McLuhan. It's not quite the like early ideas that were the backbone of the internet, but it's not where we're at now. And it has a lot yeah, of there's truths this p- in, in middle it. period. Yeah. In here. Yeah. And I think that's really what like Lane's like a great example of that, of, Hey, how are we going to go into the future? What are we looking forward to? And they, in their defense, they don't really get bogged down in techno jargon. They don't talk about like so thirty-two bit PCI bus, like because it's because <laughs> all their computers are basically fantasy machines, right? Yeah. yeah. The the operating not the op, the the Navi personal computer, which Lane uses, her father uses, and pretty much everyone has, is basically this Mac Macintosh computer thing that everyone has. Um, it it. The way it works is not actually totally clear, right? I mean, it, I guess it's plugged into the wall for electricity, but like, how is it can communicating with other computers? Is it is it cable internet? Is it dial up? What is it? I know that if you plug more things into it, it gets better. <laughs> yeah, that that seems like the arc that she takes. And and Lane is, and so I should just to get back to some the plot details. Lane over the course of the show is learning more and more about her alter ego. Um, on the internet and this alter ego is somehow able to plant things in the real world for her to add to her computer right and then I guess the she goes into this fuge state when she gets to her computer and, and it assumes like the persona that's on that's in the wired and sort of builds the computer and she often sort of comes to and has no idea what's going on her parents walk in on her and, and like look at her in a, in a confused and sometimes knowing way and it's not exactly clear what's what they know or what they don't know and um at one point lane gets a a a, a, a microchip i think it is it's called a psyche yeah right and apparently this is like military tech or something it's something well, it's made by the knights maybe yeah we don't know they never actually something that that's up. so good that no civilian would have and it just turns up in her locker at school doesn't it yeah so all the girls at her school are like oh is it a love letter and yeah. it's, it's no it's actually this it's a psyche microchip made by the knights you wouldn't you wouldn't understand and she goes to uh uh the cool Shibuya K nightclub Siberia where her eight year old hacker friends hang out yeah. and gets them to tell her to uh, he, she brings it in and says brings it in and says what is this and they're like which apparently they're all kids that hang out at this nightclub uh, they all drink soda and there's this adult playing records but it's not clear that the music they're listening to are records. Um, so Siberia is totally like Cyberdelia from Hackers, right? <laughs> like, it's the same thing, but there's not a half-pipe, basically. Yeah, there's no rollerblading. There's no half-pipe. And there's play- kids. They're not playing Wipeout, the, the, beta, <laughs> the beta of the original Wipeout game. So it's not as good, but almost. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I think it's a lot worse. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a pretty boring club to me. <laughs> there's a bunch yeah. of children hanging out in it. Um, but... Uh, interesting, the name is taken from a Douglas Rushkoff book. Really? Um, but I'm sure he didn't start that use, the first use of that word anyways. But, yeah, there's just a, there's a lot of references throughout the show that make it seem like, uh, uh, that lead me to believe 
that they did have a pretty clear philosophy in mind with this premise. Are you sure about that? I I I often I mean in my I think in my sort of my global thoughts about this show is that sure it has a lot of great animation in particular, uh, great um, imagery, great artistic design and character designs, um, and it has a lot of as- great. It aspires to a lot of great ideas about cyberpunk, the nature of technology, uh, religion, and a lot of other universal themes. But I really don't think it says anything that's altogether clear coherent. or coherent. I think a lot of it is just riffing. It's art school. It's you know <laughs> dorm room stuff. It's just sort of, hey, look at me. I'm so smart. I'm doing this information dump. I'm... And it does a lot of the stuff that Evangelion does, where you have characters just sort of suspended in a in a scene, scene like on a, with a flat perspective, where one of them is just talking at the other one, explaining all the important and smart things. The other one's like, "What? I, what this? What that?" You know, just this sort of Socratic, Socratic exchange or dialectic, where one person knows everything, the other one doesn't. And then, then it's a great tool if you're kind, honestly, kind of a bad writer, <laughs> because, <laughs> well, I, because it's just like it's a good way to get, let the the viewer know you know where you're coming from and not have to actually write a scene and and drama that that was one thing i was actually like looking at was 13 episode series there's three minute intro three minute outro basically you have a 20 19 20 minutes and then a quarter at being generous quarter to third of that is just panning cross eyeballs and cool like trippy shit yeah and so you have basically two and a half hours of dialogue across the entire season like or series i think that's probably right and like i'm not against it but it was like and there's that clip episode the episode that's half of it is a clip episode oh yeah kind of my favorite episode i want kind of want to take a bunch of drugs and watch that again i think i I think, um, and I'm, this is what I'm kind of leading up to on this, but like, I think this probably would have been better as a movie or uh, an original video animation, yeah, like I an could, OVA. I could that, see like a that, four OVA, like. right? And I think if Lane had come out a little earlier, uh, maybe um, when the OVA boom hadn't sort of fizzled out by the time of the late '90s, it maybe it would have been one. But that sort of that whole uh, market has been supplanted by late night animation in japan and the lane was one of them i mean it aired at like 2 15 a.m at night or something like that you know that's like, a good time to watch it though <laughs> you know it's, you know like, 2 15 yeah. at night is like that yeah all right like yeah the way i'm kind of connected to reality i don't quite know what's going on i have enough <laughs> intellect that i can piece these things together but like it'll give me some breathing room with on weekdays too it's, yeah well i don't know about that but i don't want to i don't want to say all this to, to, to me no, that i don't series. i think it's an amazing show and i think it's worth the 13 episode and it's hardly a lot of time like you said the 13 episodes to view the whole thing because um even though basically every episode repeats the first 10 20 seconds of animation or so um the people walking across um uh, the it's a shibuya i think it mm-hmm. is and um and then the cars going back and forth, the lights, it's very, you know, abstract. It's gorgeous to look at. And I remember when I first bought this on DVD, it was one of the first DVDs I ever owned. And the DVD um, <clears throat> uh, was so crisp that I couldn't actually believe what I was looking at. It was, it was 
the use of, of digital animation tools were, were so vibrant, especially the whites, the very vivid whites. And um, yeah, it's really like overexposed and washed out, which I like because you know what? It like it that is part of the series is being washed out, being overexposed, disappearing into your background. Like yeah. it, it's not just pretty for the sake of pretty. I mean, I, I love Fully Cooley, but it as much as it seemed like experimental in its visuals, it didn't seem like it was an excuse for it. I actually just saw on Instagram a friend of mine is wondering if he can call in and join this discussion. Um, if you can plug into your phone, yeah. Yeah. This is highly unusual <laughs> in the two-episode history of Animation <laughs> Panic. But we, we have a, a guest calling in. But um, I guess until we get our guest on, on board. Yeah, I, I think the best thing about this show is the animation. It's for its time and it definitely holds up it's it's great to watch it's great to look at there are moments especially with the use of computer gra- graphics and uh, OS's um, for showing OS's I think it's just it's really strong it really works there and just a, a sort of just um, a casual viewing of it I think is well to that well one point there that I wanted to make um, is that uh like there's that you know the part where the guy has the VR headset on and he's walking down the street yeah, talking yeah. about like I'm so powerful and he's got like the VR and like the backpack with the umbrella sticking out uh uh he's like what they're showing they're they're, sh- they're showing of his point of view is like real footage right yeah it's real life um footage of people someone walking down the street with a camera yeah I'm going to I'm going to call Rome. that actually reminds me of a a documentary I saw on Tech TV back in the day where these Ooh. these right yeah there was these guys which by the way Lane aired on Tech TV in, U- in the UK oh, in Canada and I think maybe in the United States but I might have. Tech TV had some random anime on it yeah, yeah. like uh, what was it but I don't want to interrupt yeah, yeah, Do anyways. Your, tell your story yeah the the guys were actually like kind of basically a real world real world version of that dude like we didn't have google glass yet it was like 1998 or whatever and so they built their own apparatus and like they were super geniuses going to mit walking around with like these cameras hanging off their fucking heads and even the other people at mit were like who are these nerds what are they doing um like it was so great just like the level of of abstraction that's going on at that point, and hey, uh, so we've got uh, we've got my friend Roman Kalinowski on the line. Hi, Roman. Hey, how's it going, Carl? Pretty good. How you doing? Uh, I actually have the podcast I'm listening to, and there seems to be kind of a delay, so I'm going to turn that down so yeah. I can. Uh, yeah, to re- turn down your radio. Turn down your radio. Yeah. Oh, are we live to the Wired? We are live to the Wired. Yeah. Oh, crazy. All right. <laughs> yeah, great, great discussion so far. Thanks, say, Roman. You know, for first time, you know, tuning into you guys, and this is, you know, this is pretty good stuff. Cool. I'm a big uh, '90s anime fan myself. So That's not, fantastic. I'm familiar with Lee, and I haven't watched the entire series, but um, I didn't have an Evangelion fanboy for a while, so I can uh, probably chip in a little bit on that regard, I suppose. Oh, but ha- you, so you haven't seen all of Lane? No. Okay, so of of the of the things that you've seen, because um, we because we want to keep this about Lane, what uh, what do you have to share? Do you, do you uh, agree with with much of what has been said today? 
<laughs> uh, more, more or less. You know, it's um, I don't know, it's been kind of a while since I've seen it. To be honest, I don't really remember a huge amount. I mean, there is but, a, uh, there is a lot of like interesting overlap between the two, seeing as how they came out concurrently. Between Ava I, I and think Langan. Ava came out a year before, and I think it's hard. No, um, well, did, was it ninety six, ninety seven? Uh, Ava was like ninety four. I, I know the director said he hadn't seen Ava until he was halfway through Lane, which mm. is interesting because basically, like, kids is human instrumentality. Like, right. it's not quite as complicated. There's also, yeah, you know, there's that episode where, with um, uh, the doctor who killed all the kids. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. kids was the acronym for the, like, Which, we're going to robot, like, yeah. cyber right. jack all the kids together. It's to total create. Akira so, vibes yeah. there, too. Production note, it's 95 to 96. And then the the end of Evangelion was, I believe, 99. Okay. So, uh, so he was just like, I'm not paying attention to what's going on in media. Well, I, I think that that must be a lie. And well. because I think that, because no, first of all, knowing what Lane is, and secondly, just sort of a lot of the visual cues, maybe through osmosis or maybe the key animators picked up on this, but like, there are there are there are references to Evangelion in this, like like straight up mm. references, visual references to to Evangelion. There are scenes where Lane appears just like Ray does um, in visions <laughs> and flashbacks, and and you know, and so I think in some like a dummy plug sequence in the middle of the show. You know what? Yeah. If I remembered the director's name, I would call you out on imputing his dignity. Hideaki Anno, or <laughs> or, or the Lane director. The lane director. <laughs> All right, you know what? I think he's an honorable man. Utah. <laughs> I, I don't. Utah I, I don't want you discouraging or decrying. So he he actually claims that he didn't consume any other animation from Japan at the time he was making Lane. No, he said he didn't see any of Evangelion until he was halfway through Lane. So I mean, it could, he could okay, be well, lying. Well, okay, so he he isn't responsible for everything. That I, you see on yeah. the screen, but I, yeah, I, they, I, I, mean, they, I mean, maybe he's not lying because they're they're clear visual references. You, you do sound incredulous. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm very incredulous. No, I kind of believe you, but I also think it's more funny if I disagree with you. Okay. Well, what, but uh, uh, one thing that I was uh, getting at was that sort of as far as like you know rewatching it in 2016 is you're starting to see um, there's kind of a, a, a I was saying there's. A discussion of uh, spirituality in the context of the internet happening, like there's this, um, like there's that group uh, called Unicult that is, and it's it's they specifically define themselves as a cult, a new age cult that entirely exists online, and that you like it all happened, like the, everything of the ev- all of their spiritual practices happened through the internet, um, and uh, there's some, you know, there's like. Uh, the woman who founded it has. Um, I think uh, I know who you're talking about. What's her name again? It's like Unicorn or Unicron or something is the name she gave herself. Unicron Uni- would be dope. Um, that's yeah. That's like a that's a, a Transformers reference. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a yeah. giant planet like, <laughs> robot. Yeah, no, planet. No, no, I, I, I get it. I'm just saying. Like, um, I hope there's a cold cold leader doing that. She, it's Unit Unicol. Maybe I think maybe that, I think that's it. I think it was like she changed her name from Nicole to Unicol. Um, but uh, she has a you know kind of a backstory about um, becoming aware uh, uh, that she was a you know that she was an incarnation of a, a, a higher level spirit 
and uh, and she became of this at following a suicide uh, became aware of this following a suicide attempt, and okay. is uh, and is now uh, disseminating uh, her teachings strictly through the internet. She does like a YouTube show, and there's no IRL meetups or anything like that. There's no IRL crunk physical uh, uh, congregation. It entirely exists in the internet. I mean, I like that idea, but also if it's entirely online and you're starting a cult, like, how do you hook up with people's wives? Well, I mean, isn't that why you start a cult is to like oh yeah, get put down all, with people's wives, put like, all the keys in the cowboy hat. Yeah, you just like you you play you play a guitar, an acoustic guitar around a bonfire, and then what? you're like, hey, your wife, she's cute. And I'm it's also her. one reason why these cults flourish in California because that's totally where people over the age of fifty are swingers. And anyways, go ahead. <laughs> this is very this is very young though. Like this okay. is a young woman, and it's like you know. Um, like our age, uh, I think she used to work for Google too, and quit her job at Google to focus on her cult full time. Um, uh, but you know, it's it, it that whole sort of the whole backstory of this cult sounds very Lane esque. It is also. Uh, are you familiar with Christine Peterson? That's a she's a, from the Foresight Institute. Uh, found uh, coined the term open source. Really? Oh, yeah, which is something they talk about in Lane, which is I think also very. Yeah. Uh, Influential, mm. but I, I do I do like a kind of uh, urban legend um, type um, mysticism about the web, and that's really I think what Lane is trying to accomplish here. Everything else that it's saying about technology, the internet, human beings, evolution, etc. Yeah, a lot, a lot of it's window dressing, and it's sort of an excuse I think to explore. Mm the supernatural elements that that is one area where i think they like got unnecessarily into techno jargon they're like internet protocol six right such but internet protocol seven oh my god like this guy implanting him it's like dude it's a it's a way of dividing subnet ask like it's it's not you, you you don't get to control the universe because you come up with a new addressing schema. Oh, do you have an IPM show? No. I, Sorry, guys. Yeah, there's there's a dude I'm walking I'm, in. I'm station managing for Arden tonight. Oh. He, oh. He, he looks dope, though. I like your hey. necklace. What's up? <laughs> what that's time fucking are you sick. Nine. Okay. We'll, 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 uh, we'll wrap this up, then. Um, any final thoughts, guys, about Lane before we, we close? Um... I, I, oh, we're closing down already? Yeah. We just started. Yeah, well, unfortunately, <laughs> we got to stop. Jesus, it was a great time to get in on this. I got like two words in. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, Roman. Well, let's let's. Uh, it's, tr- all, it's all good. Let's get you on. A, let's get you in on another episode later on. We're going to do a bunch more of these. Sweet, yeah, I'd love to jump in on this. Pretty cool. cool uh, <clears throat> so you guys, is it mostly anime you guys talk about, or all like, anime? Uh, all it's, anime. It's an anime podcast. All anime all the time. Well, if you do an Evangelion episode, I'll definitely. Uh, contribute that would need to probably be a <laughs> for my uh, it's gonna take it's gonna <laughs> take a while it's gonna I mean, take a while to pull that one off we barely pulled off a 13 episode yeah like two we, hours we spent of two and a half hours on a movie the other day yeah all right, all right see you roman thanks for calling in all right thanks for me on guys Bye. later um i'll just i'll be brief about my thoughts so again i I've, I've talked a lot about this already but i do think the show is good but not great um the slow pace is a problem i think for most people and but I think it's worth getting to if you want to see something that had a lot of interesting things to think about. Maybe not a lot of interesting things to say, but that had to do with technology in the future. And especially in retrospect, I think it's interesting to see what people were like uh, were thinking about 
1998. I also feel like it'd be great if you're a teenager who's trying to like get into philosophy. You're like 18, 19. Isn't that what this, this is what that's for, right? Well, the vaporwave scene loves Lane. Yeah, well, okay, so there we go. Yeah. Like, that's when I first watched it. Like, I remember being stoned and like 16 and being like, oh, this is amazing. And watch it again. It's good and it holds up, but it's also like it got me into philosophy and then I like studied philosophy. So now I'm like, all right, for sure. Yeah, good points. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's true about the vaporwave stuff, um, and I think it has a lot to do with just how beautiful it is, and the animation, and like the very interesting style, and the trippy CGI. Effects. Yeah, definitely. So, Carl, final thoughts? Um, well, um, I still, uh, 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 I mean, I love the show, uh, and um, there's also, oh yeah, there's also, I'm, I'm going to take the show uh, kind of personally because there's. Uh, there's a Carl with a K on the show. One of the secret agent guys with like the scopes why, on their why eyes. Why with the K? That, I was wondering that. Is it supposed to be a Marx reference? I think it's just I, maybe. Uh, I think he he also kind of looks vaguely Germanic. I think it's right. just he's supposed to be like a very Germanic white guy in Does Japan. Have very blue eyes. Um, but so I'm gonna of course that you know any show with um, a namesake is going to stick out to me, but. Really, it's just kind of like the spirituality of the web stuff is something I've been thinking a lot, you know, over the last few years recently. And Lane is kind of a great, um, just even as a point of reference for that discussion, it's a great thing to have. Right on. Well, uh, you guys will give it a star rating. Um, four out of five. Four out of five. I think, yeah, probably four out of five. That seems pretty accurate. Yeah. I'm going to do three out of five. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Wait, but, but when you first watched it. When I first watched it, I loved this show. Oh okay. man! I mean, it was it, it was like my, one of my first DVDs, one of the first yeah. animes I watched. I would sh- show, I would put it on for my friends to trip them out. You all know, right, it was so just, don't, don't be all jaded That's what it about really it. what it was all about. But now, in retrospect, I, I see that it has a lot of narrative problems. And but but I like what it's trying to do, and that's worth that's worth seeing. I think great concepts, not maybe as well executed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, everybody, that concludes the second episode. Of Cartoon Panic, I want to thank Tevis for for joining us for crossing the entire uh, country to come here and do the show. Um, <laughs> do you have anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, yeah, check out my Instagram at T Westgate. I have some random psychedelic art and my wandering abouts. Other than that, just go watch new- some anime, go read some philosophy, right. and get down on the goddamn internet. No new album coming out. No new album. At- when I learn how to play an instrument, I will come back and plug my new album. Right on. Yeah. Hold that thought. Um, we're going to have to take a quick break, and we'll be back to finish our discussion about serial experiments in Lane.
And we're back. And I want to go back to the plot um, for, for a minute here. So Lane Iwakura, or is it Iwakura, is basically an extremely shy middle schooler. And she attends a all-girls school when we first meet her in the beginning of the show. And her parents are these sort of detached, um, aloof, sort of, in some ways they're automatons. They sort of inhabit these uh, stereotypes and, and very basic roles. And sometimes, in some instances, it's actually hinted that they were that they were planted or something like that, right? That they were actually not really her parents. In fact, that they were stand-ins. Yeah, that's that's revealed closer to the end. But even up until then, it's very it's very odd the fact that. Lane's mother says almost no words, and almost the only things her father ever talks to her about are computers. Yeah, basically. And um, the mom and the dad are just making out all the time. And I, I'm wondering. It, it it seems to me that Lane doesn't doesn't seem to hate her parents, but they seem to inhabit these personalities that like a teenager is like, oh, this, my parents are so lame. They're just like self centered. They don't. You know they don't get it, and but she's sort of kind of what, whatever about her how distant and, and emotionalist they are. But how do you feel about the older sister too? Because the older sister is one of the more I feel like the older sister is one of the like what ends up happening to her mm-hmm. is an interesting and kind of distressing plot point um, where she ends up getting. And there's an episode that where she sort of starts to lose touch with reality and see alternate versions of her, like, see an alternate version of herself, like, when she comes into the house. Right. She starts seeing, um, finding herself in... It's like a wired phantom. Yeah. She sees phantoms that were created by the wired. I I assume by Lane, maybe inadvertently or her alter, by her alter ego or by the God character or the Knights of the Eastern Calculus or some, something like that. Um, right. And it ends up with her become by the end of the episode, she's kind of, it's kind of broken her mind. And every time you see her after that, she's kind of just in a fetal position and kind of babbling to herself or making like, you know, right. Making telephone noises and not really saying anything coherent. And before that, she's been very much kind of, the you know the 16 17 year old older sister um like asserting her independence right more. she's like, like she's more independent she you know wears makeup she dresses more cute she's older you know she, she has a boyfriend that she makes out and off and has sex with yeah exactly so this is the character she used to be and then becomes she just becomes like a babbling child towards the end yeah and the parents also become like zombies too. Well, the parents are kind of zombieish all the way through. It's true. The dad squeal and laughter is so yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, when he's like playing his computer, <laughs> his massive like his massive computer that's got like six monitors and four towers chained together. And what what is he doing? He's in chat rooms, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's what the Wired is fundamentally, right? Is access to information and communication with other people. It's not about they're not consuming video necessarily. It's like live real-time person-to-person communication right and i i think that's what so that's what people are drawn to it's not like they're getting you know books or music or 
movies like they or right or consuming things they're sort of just the wire does definitely sort of reflect one very specific aspect of what the internet is and that is the real-time communication and and email like real-time and non-real-time communication and in uh, uh dissemination of information it doesn't you're you're right there's no we don't see anything about uh uh we don't see anything about rich media content. We don't see anything about like major about uh, 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 the press having a presence on the internet. Every oh, time yeah. we see there's news, no, there's no government. There's no police. There's no. I mean, there are all these illegal things happening all the time and <laughs> destruction of property. Right. People getting killed. We don't. There seems to be no civic civil society. Yeah. The we, the, the the wired is kind of just like the dark web with an email client, yeah. and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has the same navy email client. It seems as well. Right. And, um, but I think that also has to say, has a lot to do with the fact of that the show came out in early, late nineties and the internet was, you know, it wasn't a tool for media consumption as much as it is now. I would say that the media content you were consuming was web pages and text, but you see that that's what Lane is consuming for the most part. And then talking to people and chatting to people. Right. And, um, the idea that the wired is, is, is not just the internet. Um, it's not just dial-up. At the time, it would have been dial-up. But it's also telephone. It's radio. Yeah. It's everything combined. Well, I think that they are... Um, I mean, it's not dial-up because they get... They have the they have their little PDAs that they get email on. It's the, it, the Wired... And I mean, the Wired is the mobile web. The Wired is a... You know, the Wired yeah, connects that's, that's everything. True. I mean, there's the dude well, with... With satellite, the, right? Yeah, it's okay. a satellite so network. So it would have to be that. It's 3G, 4G yeah. communication. 3G. Did that exist in 1998? No, but it was in prototypical stages, I believe. Okay, I'm wondering if... if because the inspiration for the Wired, I would say, is more metaphysical than anything probably based on science. Very true. And I would I would think that an approximate technology would be 3G, 4G, or uh, the, the closest, LTE, whatever. Well, probably more 3G, because... Okay. Um, uh, 4G and LTE really facilitates like streaming media, and again, I think you know. So early, like early smartphone, uh, actually even pre like 3G networks, because we're talking, you know, again, sort of the closest analogy to the PDA devices that they have at the time is like a Palm Pilot or right. an early, um, or like early Blackberries, things like that, um. Sort of before, like PDAs, smart not smartphones as we know them now. Sure, yeah. Um, so and that was over, and that was pre, um, that was pre three G. Um, that was in the, uh, I mean, that was. In I the owned era. one. I had a, a Palm Pilot. I think it was the 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 flagship one. Yeah, my dad had one before that. My dad had a Newton. Embarrassing. No, it, what do you? No, that's super cool. Like, <laughs> in retrospect, maybe. Yeah. I um, I wonder. Uh, but again, I wonder if there there was some inspiration here in sort of new at the time. There was an idea that perhaps they would have mobile uh, internet connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, the wired is is like, um. Ener- the energy force that com- that bring that binds all life together. Totally, it's, totally. It's the force. It's you know. It's 
the the shit Neo feels when he's when he's controlling shit in the Matrix. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's that kind of stuff. It's, the Matrix is definitely a good point of reference, just as part of the uh, uh, part of the worldwide cultural uh, zeitgeist of what was happening. You know, of like thoughts about like sort of the you know this kind of like future technology right well um back back to the characters and the plot mm. and i i also wanted to highlight the two the two female students that lane is i guess friends with three female students well no i'm thinking of the ones that committed suicide oh which i think sort of starts the the the, uh, That's episode one. Is Chisa committing suicide? Chisa, right, being the first example, um, a very, a very beautifully animated sequence, and um, she True. she jumps off of a building, um, holding her glasses out in front of her to sort of, I think, get a view from far away or something. I'm yeah, not sure what she, she was doing there. She takes her glasses off, and we see her say <laughs> something, but we don't hear her. And then, and then we see then the the wired. Uh, speech appears and I think that's mail that she had received previously or was receiving it currently concurrently it was it wasn't clear right and then she jumps and when she jumps there's this great moment where her her skirt is ripped on the wires yeah and you see blood and then you know and then you don't see the aftermath but um oh yeah you do you see um you see her her hand sticking out from underneath. She falls onto like a neon sign. Yeah, I just mean you don't see her hit the ground. Is what oh, I meant. right, and, right. And I, um, I've seen this first episode so many times. <laughs> and I, I would often not get past it because I would like have friends come over and check out this new DVD player I had. And because I bought the Lane DVD in 1999 or 2000 wow. or something like that because that's when it came out. By an old company called Pioneer, mm-hmm. which no longer exists. That uh, was a Radio Shack brand, wasn't it? Well, um, Pioneer was the name of the DVD anime video company. Oh, okay. I think, not... I think it may have been a spinoff from the, the larger thing that may still exist. Um, but then they changed their name to Genion later on. Um, but they were a part of like the big three uh, anime companies that were pre- releasing video in America. It was hmm. ADV, Bandai, Pioneer, um, Funimation... Uh, okay, so, so so they were so they released this one, and, and they also Pioneer also did stuff like Trigun, um, and Tenchi. So, anyways, I I would often watch this, and like, there's the visuals here are striking. Yeah, and that first episode, you know, I feel like might be the best part about the whole series, and it's and, it's definitely one of the best episodes of the definitely. series. And um, and the other character I'm thinking of, um, she gets hit by a. A train, right? There, there are two girls that commit suicide. There are definitely two. Do we see... It's in the second episode, I think. I think it's also in the first episode. Lane is on the train, and you see... And it, like, gets... Oh, wait. When does... um The guy who becomes God in The Wired, when does he... Does he? Is it implied that he's committed suicide before? He, well, yeah, he says he gave up his body, and that's kind of what I'm getting to: is that all these characters, what's motivating them to kill themselves? Right, but the, in in episode is to we, give up their human bodies so right. that they can become wired ghosts or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Right, um, higher spiritual beings that exist on this higher plane in te- of technology. Yeah, um, but there's in episode one you get this. Uh, uh, there's that moment where uh, Lane is on the train and. 
it stops you know it, it like it and the end over the announcement they're like we've stopped due to an accident and then she looks up and you see blood dripping from the wires outside the window but i but you never but you don't see someone actually jump in front of the train is that the moment you get you're alluding to well or? you do actually see someone get hit by and i do think that might be the moment where her her classmate kills herself but mm. um in real life but in 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 the wired she has these these visions where a, a woman with multiple oh. fading faces gets hit by a train. What episode is that in? I don't remember. It's like that. two or three. Okay. I don't uh, remember that moment. So, but I, I think it's heavily implied that both, both characters are giving up their bodies and, and it's interesting that we don't, we don't really see them again. I mean, the, the emails stop inexplicably. You see Ch- Chisa. You do see Chisa. In when? Later. There's a few parts where Chisa shows up and Lane is like, didn't we walk home from school together a couple of times? Well, she shows up at the very end, right? Because she also, she replaces Lane in some in some ways, right? Yeah, she takes Lane, when Lane, at the very end of the show, when Lane has erased herself from everyone's memories, uh, she, which is her way, by the way, which is uh, a big plot point, because that's how she resolves. Sure, sure, we should probably, we should probably keep, feel about that, maybe. Yeah, so over the course of the series, Lane has kind of caused all this chaos through her influence in The Wired. She has, uh, there's the episode where uh, she, um, the alternate version, the alternate version of Lane, the evil Lane, um, uh, uh, sp- starts spreading all the rumors about Arisu and, Ar- uh, Arisu and... Her classmate. Yeah, Arisu is her, is basically Lane's only friend. She says towards the end of the show you're my only friend um but um she spreads that you know the alternate version of lane spreads these horrible rumors about her like about her hooking up with a teacher and that's the first time that's when lane finds she has the power which to, by the way ended up being absolutely 100 percent true and then in the last right. scene you see um alisu with her teacher right and they're like she's older and they seem to be dating and yeah and you see which her- is like i feel like a little Weird. Too, too much of an endorsement of their behavior. <laughs> yeah. It seems like they're living happily together, even though that this was just completely ridiculous. I think that might just be a thing in anime because there's a storyline in Maison Ikoku where the same thing happens after um, uh, uh, after Godai has kind of like, like towards the end of the, you know, uh, sort of later on in this in Maison Ikoku, Godai starts trying to get his shit together mm-hmm. and becomes a teacher at um, at an old hi- at a high school. Uh, at an all girls high school, and one of the students yeah, has that, a crush on him and tries to force. Herself I mean on that him. that is that is just a cliche trope. It right. happens in all these romance hijinks, sex and, comedies. Right, and Maison Ikoku has absolutely no relevance to Lane, so this is probably a part you should edit out. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. But it's, in, 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 in fix it in, in post. In, in thinking about um, the the what what the larger. What the, what the what these two characters mean to Lane and what the god of the wired means is that mm. you know yes you're we're going to go to this higher plane of existence and when we're there we no longer have our flesh bodies we're going to be able to sort of create um the, a world through the editing of memories right and um so what happens is is that god starts changing Lane's world around saying hey well we're gonna experiment a version of your life if when like with your with your parents being nice to you or something like that or what was it what kind of version of the world did God create for her where she was like very mean to her friend right 
Right. And um, and then um, at the very end, when Lane didn't like you know denies God and sort of gives him a flesh body right. to, to take him out of the wire, a and, weird, gross flesh body, which uh, also is very Akira esque, yeah, and it basically a, a Akira like Tetsuo mm-hmm. uh, flesh baby. There's kind of a lot. Of, there's kind of a number of things that are very that are Akira ish. Well, yeah, I mean, there's also this the the telekinesis, which is part partially unexplained, but... right? And the and the kids experiment, which we alluded yeah, yeah. to, in, yeah, when, definitely, yeah. But um, anyways, but she when she defeats God, she sort of takes on his role, mm-hmm. um, and also, and God tells her before he dies that basically, like, I created you, or the wired, or you always existed in the wired. You were born in the wired. You're kind of like the one. You're like Neo, yeah. And then we were given a flesh body for some reason, and then. Uh, now you're returning back to the wire to where you belong. And she, I think it's almost implied that she existed before this, um, because before the creation of the wire, she, when she's in the part where she gives him, you know, the weird gross flesh monster body, um, she's saying like, do you really think you were, you know, what, you know, don't you think, so, you know, don't you realize someone existed before? Um, do you really think you are, the original god somewhat there was something before waiting for the you know waiting for the watching the wire develop true um which i wonder do you think there's uh uh do you think there's maybe an ancient aliens uh uh, uh storyline here hear me out because in there the, was a gray in this right a gray yeah there's a gray alien in it at what point? Well, because there's they they do a UFO UFO, UFO uh, right. thing, there's, and they show a gray alien. Well, they also in the um in the big info dump episode with all the you know where they reference Vannevar Bush, they reference Which one? Vannevar. <laughs> well, the the one where they show all the history. They, I, it, I know what you mean. Yeah, they start with the Roswell crash. Right, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. They start with the Roswell crash. They talk about some secret project that then came out of the Roswell crash and that Vannevar Bush was a part of. Um, and that right after that, he comes up with the concept of the Memex. So I think that in this, like, literally just, you know, light bulb moment, I think if you, you could read into that, that there is an ancient like an ancient alien premise that maybe lane it lane or the spirit that would become lane has like like came to earth in the arrived at earth in the roswell crash imparted this knowledge to humanity to the group that secret group that vannevar bush is part of from that he that's where he gets the idea for the memex that and this the, and it's this kind of secret information wow. that's been passed on from vannevar bush to ted nelson to uh then the fictional characters this is interesting i've not heard you mention this theory before did you just i just this literally just popped into my mind um i, I mean there is a scene where lane has a gray alien head and is in her Alice's room. Uh, uh, no, she's like in her sister's room, and her sister open looks at the looks at her, and she's like, "Oh, there's an alien in my room, and it's Lane with an alien head." Whoa, which I don't remember that moment at all. Really? Yeah, it's if you Google, there's this really funny image. Did I just unlock the mystery of serial experiments, Lane? Look, like I said, <laughs> like I said um, in the previous segment, this show is very art school. It's dorm room. <laughs> You know, and I was also comparing it to Slacker, the Linklater film. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, you know, P- 
people that just want to just talk and refer to smarter things and that sort of makes you makes you smarter as a text and yeah I, I don't think Lane is saying necessarily anything interesting about um, transhumanism or technology but it is definitely raising interesting questions and yeah I, I but I but I I do think that's an interesting concept it would have been great if you know Lane explored the idea that this she was from another species species or right. the stars and that would have been something I would love to have seen expressed in the story structure right. but, but instead we do get we get something that's like slowly revealing the larger world you know we, we have episodes where you see what it's like to play online video games mm-hmm. in the wired and it's and like die the, in the real and, world from them yeah and the games are real man you die for real and um, you see what um, uh, what the t- uh the internet companies are like in the in in the Lane universe, and you learn about Tachibana General mm-hmm. and doesn't, their, their plot to sort of take over the world. Doesn't her is uh, the when her dad buys her a brand new top of the line Navi? It's a Tachibana, isn't it? I, it's implied that they made everything. I, I don't even know what I, they didn't make. I think that her parents work for. I think her parents are Tachibana employee slash secret agents. Oh, to sort of. To bring her to fruition so that she can take over the world. Exactly. For them. or Exactly. I mean, so the Tachibana general character I thought was kind of cool. So there's this guy yeah. um, who who's sending uh, suits to observe Lane. And they wear these, these, these like, headgear things with yeah. red lasers on them. And one of the first, uh, uh, one of the first telekinesis things she does is, like... She hits them with, yeah. She blows up the one dude's scope. Very scanners. Mm-hmm. And these guys, like, you know, instead of being creepy older guys like stalking a child they're they eventually like sort of like you know what can we just like knock on her door and ask her politely to come with us and well what they do but they do that to get her out of the house before her computer blows up because the knights had planted a bomb in it oh that's right but it doesn't blow up the whole house right? no it's it the... just blows up her navi but her navi is fucking huge, so it definitely would have, like, she would have been at the very least seriously injured. And it has a lot explosion. of green coolant that may be flammable. Yeah, exactly. And it <laughs> and it blows the glass out of her window. Yeah, it does. I remember. Um, but anyways, their their real goal there was to take her to meet their boss, who's whose name I forget, but Mr. Tachibana. Okay, or... <laughs> Mr. Tachibana, who um, who says he's very old, but he looks like he's like you know younger than my dad. Yeah, I, I don't even know. But he um, is in a an empty. Uh, apartment, like a high rise, completely bare, like it's like under construction, with an old navi in pieces that he's trying to reassemble. And it's basically kind of like um, Sensei meets student moment, mm-hmm. where he says, "Hey Lane, like I have this problem. Can you solve it?" And she fixes the computer for him. Yeah, and he's like, oh, "I know everything I need to know now about you. <laughs> you are ready for the the training or something." And yeah. um, he, uh, I don't, I'm not sure what, what does he give her something? Uh, he starts, he, no, but he asks her, do you know your parents' birthdays? Do you, what are your early members and memories of oh, your parents? That's right. He's, he sort of starts poking holes in the idea that her life was not carefully, con- like the idea that her life is carefully constructed and she, and her memories are false. Right. And she, uh, she start, she breaks down in tears and like sort of gets falls down on her knees sobbing on the floor and then switches into wired lane and stands up and is like this is all pointless like this doesn't mean anything screw you old man 
like fuck you dad and like <laughs> um and, and, then and storms I think out he's kind of terrified of her at that point but yeah they both do the like they all do the like oh you know like, so so if, if you think with the alien theory is supported by this scene what is what is the what is going on here is that this tachibana general guy is like i am awakening the alien that came to earth and to roswell through the wired and and i gave it a body and yeah, I, and I don't know what it's gonna do. Yeah, it's the beginning of. Is this the fir- Is this one of the first moments where we see, uh, evil Wired Lane manifest in the real world body of Meek and Mild Lane? Perhaps, but I do know that um, in previous scenes we do see her at her computer a lot with like a different look on her face. And, yeah, true. Um, but so. The Tachibana general guy, Tachibana, Mr. Tachibana, um, when the Knights of the Eastern Calculus are killed um, or commit suicide to join the Wired, I guess, right? To become Wired ghosts, or are they just die? no. The, uh, 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 is it Lane uh, orchestrates the release of the master list of yeah, she, every she member do- of she the... doxes them all, and mm-hmm. they all all their information is available online, and they all but... immediate they all immediately commit suicide. But the one guy, uh, uh, the suits with the scopes show up and are like, and to one of the guys' apartments, and are like, "It's time to pay the piper. Come with us." So it's it's also implied. You're right. The Tachibana general kills them all too. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't understand what the rivalry here is. Why do the Knights of the Eastern Calculus hate Tachibana General? Tachibana General wants to implement Protocol Seven, right? Isn't that their ultimate goal? I th- or is it to? I can't remember. Are they trying to implement Protocol Seven or patch it and bug fix it? Because there's. I think Mr. Tachibana talks at some point about, because it's like, what's his name? Is it like, like, Aiki or something like that? The guy who becomes God, yeah. what had quit Tachibana and then at, while he was developing Protocol 7, and then it's implied that he like inserted it into the wired, like hacked the wired and, and to implement Protocol 7. So I think, which has brought, um, which has brought it outside of okay here's another theory so um he uh so mr you know mr hacker god leaves tachibana industries um takes his protocol 7 code with him hacks the wire to implement it are the knights his followers because tachibana is trying to bring the the wired back into their own control and lane is their trump card to do that that's why they're awakening her so i think the knights are on the side are on god's side and yeah they're his followers right they're his followers and so and tachibana that's so that's the rivalry is is the knights are the followers of this splinter set of like this guy who like a terrorist honestly yeah yeah exactly this this sort of insurgent uh uh this sort of insurgent cult leader character in the wired and the knights are his followers um and tachibana awaken the spirit of the awaken the spirit of lane that has existed since the beginning of the wired in order to uh, in order to quell this uh, spiritual, like 
because spiritual because they insurgents. I guess they I guess their ma- their elite hexers hexor skills were just impossible to defeat, and the only way to do that was to sort of use this lane trump card, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, awaken the neo, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so the the dark underbelly of the wired is defeated, like the the tyrants of the wired are defeated by lane, right? And um, and it must be really strange because the, the, the Knights of the Eastern Calculus and God were able to sort of change people's memories and their personalities, too. Am I right? Right. And they're the ones that are destroying the boundaries between the wired and the real world and doing shit like making people commit suicide yeah, and yeah. making it so that teenagers playing, you know, so that like little kids playing a virtual hide and seek game start killing real people in the world in the real world by accident well, lane is doing that isn't she it's implied that she is but is god using her body to do it uh lane is lane the one that's she's behind well okay so there here's the thing there's evil there's an evil lane that god is controlling at, some, mm. at one point mm-hmm. um and there's that scene where god is like i am controlling i have all these versions of you in this room they're all like dolls do you remember this and they all have, right. they all have her head and that scene with the dolls is also very reminiscent of something I've seen in another anime. Oh, is that an Akira thing too? Is there a? Well, there are dolls in Akira. But, the, the ones that like bleed milk. Yeah. Well, the the the, the teddy bear, the giant teddy bear that, right. bleeds, that bleeds milk. And uh, I'm also reminded me of the of the Ray clones. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyways, I mean, a lot of this is inscrutable. It's, it's so vague. It may as well not even be (laughs) right. It's, it's total window dressing for (laughs) something that's just supposed to be weird. Windows 98. (laughs) Windows. Um, um, so I, it's, it may not be worth looking too deep into this, but I, but in the end, what's, what's, what seems to be the motivating power or the most powerful force that either these, these groups or these factions can wield is the ability to control memories. And that's what Lane ultimately begins to wield in the very end where she wipes everybody's memories, basically restarts everything, kind of mm-hmm. like what Neo did in Revolutions. And, I didn't see it all the way through. Yeah, but um, anyways, and so everybody doesn't remember her except for Alice, I think. Uh, Arisu, you mean? Yeah. Um, or Yeah, both. Arisu. Who's Alice? Ar- Arisu is Alice. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, she has... Yeah, in in sort of first part of the reboot, um, or you know the the wired world hard reset, um, you see um, Arisu and the friends, and they're like, "Are you gonna let's go to Siberia tonight? Are you gonna invite that other girl again?" And instead of Lane, it's Chisa. Yeah, and Arisu is like, "I I get it now." If you if no one remembers you, you never existed. And then we see all the other characters, like we see what's his name, Mister Rebel God, carrying his suitcase, going, "I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit. Fuck that place." Yeah, um, yeah. He's Tachibana, right? Yeah, no, he's not Tachibana. He's um, the guy who. It's like his name is like Aishi or Aiki or something like that. The guy who like puts himself in the wire and become and makes himself God. Um, oh, that is God, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's he's a disgruntled employee, mm-hmm. back to being a disgruntled employee again, which mm-hmm. is so adorable. Yeah, and then Carl and the other black suit guy are just telephone construction workers, right? 
um, they're up in a, they're up in like a cherry picker fixing the telephone wires, and they got cool sunglasses instead of their cool scopes. Um, but then, yeah, and then we go through sort of seeing what happened to all these major players in the conflict, and seeing that they now are just leading normal lives, and that the wire and that the apparent bleeding of the wired world into the real world is everything's peaceful again it sort of seems like this has never happened and then it ends with grown-up arisu seeing lane still as a 13 14 year old standing up on a bridge and goes up to her and is like haven't we met before i know you from somewhere and lane says pleased to meet you no we've never met i'm lane and Arisu says, like, nice to meet, you know, they, like, as they're leaving, Arisu says, like, nice to meet you. Maybe I'll see you again. And I think Lane says, like, yes, I'll see you again. It's very heartwarming. I like that world that everything changes into. Yeah. Um, um, oh, and this is something I wanted to bring up uh, uh, in the context of uh, this idea of erasing everyone's memories. Um I wanted to go back and reference Project Xanadu in more depth because that was a real historical thing that Ted Nelson made. Um, the show describes Project Xanadu... The show sort of uh, uh, implies a link between Project Xanadu and this global network of satellites, which isn't entirely accurate. They do talk about how hypertext was kind of at the core of it, and that is true. Project Xanadu is the forerunner of the uh, uh, of what we now know as the World Wide Web. It's also Wired Magazine called it, uh, uh, published an article that Ted Nelson really hated and wrote a long rebuttal against, but they described it as uh, uh, the single longest running piece of vaporware software in history. Um, <laughs> the va- World Wide Web. No, Project Xanadu. Oh, Project Xanadu, okay. And there is an open source version of it available called Open Xanadu, but... Uh, the what pro, part of the idea of Project Xanadu? One of the core, um, the core principles of Project Xanadu, where that links were two way instead of one way. So you could so if you followed a link, you had a hyperlink back to it rather than the browser history back and forth. And the other thing was that it would retain versioning and retain. Uh, uh, context links wouldn't go dead the way they do on the modern internet so this idea um it uh, uh one of the things that and i've seen other uh uh, uh more contemporary uh theorists i think alia lealina wrote some stuff about how um or someone else of that kind of ilk you know people who write about the internet in you know from sort of more of a theoretical and um uh, uh kind of sta- uh, kind of standpoint um talked about the uh, talked about dead links and the fact that memories do cease to exist on the internet links go dead information is lost and um that you can erase things from existence on the internet all you have to do is wipe a server somewhere all the links go dead it's essentially like you know for intents and purposes all you have left to signify that it was there is this dead link, which you can, you know, sort of like a memory of something that a vague memory of something that once was. Mm. And, um, but that's something that project Xanadu was entirely, uh, 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 
set up to avoid. That's a situation that Project Xanadu, you know, specifically had as one of its end goals. Like, that shouldn't happen. But, which means that, because, um, uh, World Wide Web links going dead is often an accidental process. Lane does, Lane kills off, you know, wipes everyone's memories totally intentionally, mm-hmm. which is much more in line with the Xanadu protocol than with the World Wide Web protocol. Because again, you still have, you know, even if the content goes away, you still have the dead link. You still have something that shows that it once was there. In the Xanadu protocol, you would be able to completely remove this link and not even see that something had been there. Um, yeah, which is something that that's just sort of that. Uh, uh, I watched Lane. I um, because my sort of background to Lane mm-hmm. is that um, I was aware it was a show when I was uh, uh when I was like you know so you had the VHS tapes right yeah I, when I was a tween my sister had the VHS tapes and I sort of excuse me i think i watched one episode with her um and was kind of vaguely aware like oh it's some kind of weird cyberpunky thing about a girl in the you know in the internet but i didn't actually come back and sit down and invest myself and watch the series until after finishing grad school and doing media studies and studying Vannevar Bush and Ted Nelson and those kind of characters. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that immediate, like that was the episode I remember being very, you know, just like gleefully being like, Oh shit, project Xanadu. Yeah. Um, and so one of the thing, you know, and so since, since then in rewatching it, I've kind of, that's like always been something that I'm thinking about in the back of my head is like, okay, so they have these, you know, these allusions to, you know, real, um, real hard history, you know, uh, uh, history of the web, history of information technology, uh, and the forerunners of the web and what led to it. And it's interesting. It is actually interesting that they don't go, they go from Project Xanadu to The Wire. They totally skip Tim Berners-Lee mm. and the World Wide Web. So I think that um, The Wired is... Uh, I think The Wired exists as an alternative to the web. We were talking about how it, d- you, it there's no ana- there's nothing that's analogous to HTML pages, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think it's an alternate timeline where Project Xanadu is what, you know, Project Xanadu actually made, it became the established protocol instead of www, instead of, um, uh, uh, instead of HTTP. Um, and so then what, and so then you end up with this kind of uh, extrapolate, extrapolation beyond, of Project Xanadu going and uh, uh, into kind of a, an alma, into like an almost spiritual plane. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I uh, I wonder if that's what they had in mind. Yeah, one of because the, the because I think that the Project Xanadu stuff is explained in a way that's not accurate. Right. Again, and like the whole global satellites thing had n- that's nothing to do with Project Xanadu. I mean, I think they just created they just sort of 
created a folklore. Well, gro- well, global satellite networks were a military project, right? That comes out. Um, that comes out of. Uh, uh, um, it, that's that's a military thing. Um, private, you know, a private space industry did not exist in the seventies and eighties. That wasn't a thing. It wasn't. It was NASA. It was the government. It was the military. Yeah. Project Xanadu was uh, uh, developed. Um, well, Vannevar Bush was a worked for the government. He worked on the Manhattan Project, but um, Ted Nelson was working at Xerox Park. He was working at the Palo Alto Research Center, yeah. um, developing and uh, where they developed hypertext, they developed object-oriented programming, and they developed Ethernet. So that, like, the the first high-speed networked computer protocol, or one of the first, one of the first, because um, because you had ARPANET as well. Um, which was around like that's the mid seventies, so that's around the same time. And I'm I, this is tangential, but I'm I'm reminded that there's this um, this woman Mar- Martine Rothblatt. Are you familiar with her? No. Uh, she is a transhumanist uh, in the Tarsum movement. It's it's more explicitly religious transhumanist movement, and mm. she was foundational, I think, in the, on the policy side because she was a lawyer by training um, and worked for the FCC. And and NASA and did uh, satellite communications uh, policy in 1970s. Hmm. So it was sort of fu- the foundational part of the the military governmental application of satellite networks. Uh, right before um, the the full f- satellite coverage existed, uh, she was she sort of worked on that. And I, I definitely think that's probably more analogous to what they're going for here than, yeah. the, than the, the, the Xanadu stuff. But, uh, and again, you could, and you know, that sort of, you could sort of tangentially bias sort of like, you know, women being w- female contributions being left out of computer history, etc. And, and yeah. And really what they're just trying to say is, Hey man, the, like <laughs> the, the wired is like the force, you know, it permeates all living things, you know, we can all tap into it. What up? And right. that's kind of what's really what they're trying to say there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. <laughs> dig it. I totally dig it. Um, I think we have exhausted. Yeah. The, we've the, talked the a main lot. text. I'd like to, before we go, I want to talk a little bit about the opening song. Yeah. Which I, I love, um, so the song is called Duvet, and it's by the, uh, the a British band called Boa, or B-O-A, or Boa. Boa being the, is a Korean pop singer, but I, hmm. it has a very similar spelling. It's, uh, the, what's interesting about it is, is that the lead singer, her name is Jasmine Rogers, um, and she's the daughter of, of um, the lead singer... In Bad Company and 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 Free. Oh uh, my God, Paul Rogers. Yeah, so which is I think this is very fascinating. Um, um, but she, I think she's half Japanese. That's one reason why really? she she may have had like a record deal with some with some Japanese with like a Japanese label, label. Um, to have her album released in in Japan, and they became wow. really famous around the same because of Lane. I've read, but who knows. But it's a good track. I mean, it's very '90s singer-songwriter girl. Yeah, I rock, get like. You know? Yeah, I get like. Um, uh, Sarah McLaughlin, Sixpence None the Richer kind of vibes <laughs> off of it, and it's. I don't. It doesn't really match the show, and that's what's sort of 
fascinating about it. Totally, totally. Um, and they really do a good job animating, doing a, like a lot, a new animation. They don't just take clips from the show. They do all this great high quality animation to it. Yeah, and then like Lane's like singing to it and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. then the best part being where where time stops right when the song when the beat drops in the song and Lane's. Ha- a hat is flying in the wind yeah and she sees a bird that's frozen in time and then she just and she's able to walk while everything else is frozen yeah it's very very cool um and also very matrix (laughs) definitely definitely well i think that about wraps up our conversation about lane yeah uh thank you listener for sitting tight and and listening to us gab i think for our next set uh show we should probably pick something a little more Silly, yeah. Uh, something a little bit more uh, lighthearted. Lighthearted. I actually had something in mind, and I think you might like it. It's very short. It's called Inferno Cop. Okay. The episodes are five minutes long. Whoa. Um, and it's basically two D animation, um, sliding, literally like cutouts being slid around on a <laughs> on a screen. Oh man. Um, and it follows the adventures of um, Inferno Cop, who is a, a police officer in um, a city called Jackknife City. Wow. And he, uh, it's, it's a lot of crime in Jackknife City. And Inferno Cop uh, died and came back to life. Um, and now he's just a skull with flames on it. And he, he shoots first and asks questions later. Sick. So I think it'd be great to watch that. My friend uh, Kevin, has in, has, uh, who's a fan of Inferno Cop 2, has offered to join us. Cool. Over phone. So maybe we'll rec- we'll do that one soon. I mean, that one we could do pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Any other ideas for um, the future show? We, there's a bunch we had talked about. I really want to... I really would love to, in the lighthearted vein, uh, I would really love to cover One Punch Man. Wow, yeah. It's short. It's good. And, and it's hilarious. And I know one of your big things is you like shows that subvert the anime tropes and make fun of them yeah, and definitely. One Punch Man that's like the whole point of One Punch Man right so like the One Punch Man's big joke is that he's the shonen action hero that who went through shonen action hero power k- creep but he did it off screen before the show started right and he already hit like you know Super Saiyan 5 or whatever yeah 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 and then the show starts and he's just bored and he's bored because everything's weak compared to him and he has to join yeah we'll 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 save it for the episode great show well uh listener i'm I'm glad you're sitting you're you're listening to us i know we're a new show we're you know trying to figure out how to do this segments right you know how to keep this interesting we're still learning and um we're trying to get some good guests so thanks for listening and uh enjoy uh the lane music we'll be playing for you as we go out so peace yeah